It's hard to do, but we try and uh, appeal to everyone in this uh, on this particular program, uh, whether they be a young, whether they be old. This one aimed directly at hipsters out there and music lovers. Vinyl accounted for an estimated $9.7 million in album sales in 2018. You remember you got rid of your vinyl collection? A lot of people regretting the fact that they got rid of their vinyl because now it's all the rage. Uh, the sales are up from 12%. Uh, by roughly 12% uh, in 2017 to 2018, and vinyl album sales accounted for 13.7% of all physical sales. Now, that doesn't seem like much, but um, it's not bad, because at one point in time, everybody was, like, ditching their vinyl. Now everybody wants to keep their vinyl, and your vinyl is under um, huge threat, hipsters. Why? Because of a fire. Alan Cross joins us now. He's a host of the Ongoing History of New Music. Welcome to the show, Alan. It's always good to have you on. You, you call me a hipster? Sure, why not? <laughs> you're the original H. You're the OH. You're the original hipster. Well, you see, the, the interesting thing about uh, vinyl is that it is really, really taken off um, by a lot, you know, a lot of people. Uh, you, you cited some statistics from a couple of years ago. Those numbers are actually even higher. In the United States last year, the dollar value of vinyl sold was greater than the dollar value of CDs sold. So uh, it, it's it's not stopping. Uh, I think Canadian sales were up somewhere around 10% over last year. So it's it's a very lucrative thing. However, this resurrection, which has been in effect since about 2008, is now under serious threat because there was a factory in California called Apollo Transco. And what they did was create something called lacquer masters. And these lacquer masters are used to create the metal masters that pressing plants around the planet use to press vinyl. And there were only two lacquer master factories in the entire world, the other one being in Japan. But earlier this month, there was a big fire at this 15,000-square-foot facility in Banning, California, that destroyed the building and all the equipment inside. So this means that there is only one factory in the known universe capable of producing these lacquer masters. And without them, you cannot, for the most part, press vinyl records. Alan, I was reading about this on your Journal of Musical Things blog, and it's a great blog uh, for all things uh, music. If you're interested, you should follow Alan on that blog. Um, And the fire was extensive. It took 82 firefighters and three hours to get things under control. Yeah, it started in the uh, chemical mixing plant, uh, the chemical mixing department of of the plant, and uh, just, you know, nobody was hurt, but uh, the place is, is, is decimated. So here's the thing. How are we going to get lacquer masters for new vinyl, for for fresh vinyl, uh, out to the pressing plants? This is a big, big problem. The company in Japan called MDC was already under a lot of stress trying to keep up with demand. And now they're the only place on the planet that can do this. Now, there is another method that involves metal lacquer or metal masters. But it's expensive, it's tricky, uh, you need a special kind of stylus to cut these things. It's not not easy. And so there are going to be a number of companies that are going to try to fill this gap by getting into the metal master business, but but we'll see. In the meantime, will there be um, an increase in vinyl prices? 
there might be. There's certainly going to be a shortage because uh, a lot of the pressing plants are saying, you know, we just uh, we're going to have to scale back production or we're going to have to shut down it completely because we've got nothing to make the records with. It all begins with those lacquer masters. Will there be a run on the vinyl? Uh, the more we talk about it, yes, there will be. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would certainly, you know, if you're looking to purchase something, I would probably do it now because prices will inevitably go up and shortages will inevitably occur. And you may not be able to buy the new stuff, so it's going to have to be – this could be a boon for um, uh, used stores and, and record shows because that's, that's going to be the – that could be the, the main source of these things. Well, but for new, new vinyl and reissues, like, I mean, let's look at like a Beatles box set with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, five or six or seven pieces of vinyl in it. Whoa, that's going to be really tough to to the order, a uh, really tough order to fulfill. So the record labels are going, oh my god! If you're if you're running a catalog department of a record label, you're going, uh oh, this is not good. So they haven't lost the masters, but they've lost the ability to manufacture the discs that contain the master or right. the masters these are, made out of. These, these are big things. They're the big round things that squish the hot vinyl into a flat disc. That's what they are. Hmm. They're, they're they're the actual squishy tool. And uh, without being able to make those, see, this, it, the way it goes is you need to have the, the actual vinyl is pressed by the, by the, the metal master, uh, which looks like a mirror image of a vinyl record. But then there is the actual uh, exact image uh, of, of, the, of, the, of the eventual vinyl record that has to be cut with great, great precision. That's the lacquer master. And all the masters for stamping are made from the lacquer master. No lacquer master, no metal No stampy, master, no, no ticky, stampy. no no snappy. Okay, I get yeah. it. All right, so now let me ask you this. Uh, is this bad timing then that the the guy that owned Cheapies in Vancouver has decided to close down? He, he, he sent this out and there was apparently, it was crowded on Sunday, people going in to try and get a good deal on a, on albums. Yeah, you know, there are record stores that continue to open, but there are also record stores that continue to close. Uh, it depends on, you know, a big part of it is real estate. You know, how much is rent? Can you make rent each month? Is your overhead so high that you can't maintain it? Is your inventory difficult to maintain? It's, it's a tough thing. You know, a lot of record stores have been pushed out because of gentrification. You know, some the landlord comes in and says, "Look, at I can redevelop this uh, this this plot of land, this building, this for something else." So um, either you know, here's here's what my rent demand is going to be, or get out, or just get out completely because I'm going to have this block demolished and a uh, condo is going to go up. Alan, I wouldn't consider myself uh, a hipster either, but I have uh, managed to grab a bunch of old albums and have the record player set up at the cottage and over the weekend decided I would uh, pull out Neil Young's Harvest and put it on. And I was I realized why I lost my appetite for vinyl after doing that, because after a couple of skips in the album where you lose, you know, lyrics and, and whole bits of music that, you know, and your brain is like, OK, that's next. It gets a little bit frustrating. Uh, and then Chris and I were talking about it, and he had said that you once told him that the vinyl made between 70-something and 2000, it wasn't very good, the vinyl that we grew up with. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, it all goes back to the oil crisis of uh, 1974 when the price of a barrel of oil shot up by you know 1,000% or whatever it was. Uh, after that, between 76 and, well, recently, really, 
record labels were using recycled vinyl. So these records were thinner, they had impurities in the vinyl, they wore out quicker, they um, had had skips and noise. So, for example, I did a I saw a, um, a demonstration one time. A guy bought a record at a flea market for one dollar. Mm-hmm. And this record was pressed in 1970. And he played them on two identical turntables, uh, one featuring the dollar store, the, the dollar vinyl he bought, and a vinyl, uh, an exact co- well, the same record pressed in 1979 or 1980. And the sound between the two of them was, the difference was remarkable. The, the dollar one was so much better. So really, if you're looking for an album, is there any way to tell that it's been made before, you know, 1976? Uh, you, well, you can usually tell if you take it out of the sleeve and, and, yeah. and look, it's, look at it. If it's thicker, uh, chances are yes. Uh, if it is, it feels thin and you can kind of, you know, wobble it like an old floppy disk or a Polaroid picture, uh, you might want to find something else. The records that are being made today tend to be um, 180 gram or 200 gram or 220 gram vinyl, which means they're very heavy compared to what we used to get in the early 80s. And they sit flatter on the turntable. The, the grooves tend to be deeper mm-hmm. and they have uh, are made with virgin vinyl. So there's no impurities in it, which means there's no background noise and a lot less chance of it skipping or, or getting damaged. Well, now I know why my KTEL uh, compilation skipped all oh, the time. Those were the worst because those were, you know. They were the best days. as well. Uh, if you were using, if you buy 180 gram vinyl today. Yeah. That vinyl was 80 gram or 75 gram. It was crap. Oh, yeah. Light as a feather. I appreciate your time as always, Alan. Thanks so much for joining us. Anytime. Cheers. Alan Cross, host of the Ongoing History of New Music and, of course, a Journal of Musical Things, Global News Radio 640 Toronto.